Well, good morning and Happy New Year. Uh, my name's Tim and I want to welcome you to Gray Ralton Church. And again, it's good to be uh, with you this morning. Can you believe it? 2020 is behind us and uh, now it's 2021. Um, today, I want to start a new series. I'd like to start a new series uh, as we start the new year. We're calling it Reset. Occasionally, I have trouble with uh, things at home, like maybe the electronics at home, uh, maybe my cell phone uh, or my computer. Uh, and uh, usually when that stuff happens, like let's say the lights go out or we, we blow a fuse or something happens at the house, you have to go search and figure out why is it acting the way it is. And you find out that uh, maybe it's a circuit breaker or maybe you have to push this little button um, in the, in the back called a reset button. That's because, you know, what happens is, is, uh, something just, the things begin to break down and they don't work like they're supposed to. And so, uh, and they're not, they're not working like they're designed to work either. And so when this happens, we, we begin to reboot or reset our cell phones. Sometimes you'll press both, um, buttons at the same time and hold it down a little bit or, or maybe you'll do a control alt delete on your on your computer. Some computers will do it even automatically for you now. And uh, and what does that really do? I mean, what's the purpose of all that? Well, it's the reset is for the purpose to uh, to shut the the device down for the, for a period of time and give it time to recalibrate and then and then um, reboot. Um, sometimes it takes a hard reset. You know, you ever had that moment where the computer's in acting right and you're thinking, man, I got to do something. I got to do a hard reset or something. And you, you hit control alt delete and then the, uh, computer asks you a question. Are you sure you want to do this? And you're like, well, why would I? Well, of course you may lose important data. You may lose something important if you were to reset. And, uh, because, and why is that? Because sometimes a reset is a radical adjustment. It, 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 uh, can jolt. The system. Um, sometimes I need, you need, we need a reset. You know, suddenly over time, like a cell phone or a computer, our lives can get cluttered, can get uh, polluted, corrupted by all kinds of things. It can get overloaded at times, and um, and so we, what we experience is maybe you notice this. You you can see this. There are signs when we need a reset, when we need to reboot. Uh, things are kind of kind of off. You you feel overloaded, uh, or maybe there's a sense of focus is kind of fuzzy. Uh, the I don't feel as as energetic. Um, I feel like maybe I'm kind of stuck, like I'm locked up in some way. Uh, just like my computer would do. I notice, I begin to notice that I'm acting kind of different. Acting, I'm doing things and I'm thinking things that I wasn't doing before. And um, it's time for something to, I need some time to recalibrate. I need some time uh, to adjust. Now the problem is that when we feel this way, I know there's many times I've felt this way where I think, man, I just, I need to just get my focus back, get, get my, uh, my passion back, um, get my, get my purpose back that, um, I'm referring really to resetting to the place where, you know, I used to be. 
back to the familiar, uh, back to my normal routine. If I have COVID, I've heard more and more people talk about this during this COVID pandemic. I just want to get things back to normal. In fact, we talked about a new normal earlier uh, last year uh, when we talked, about, we talked about that idea that people are really hungry to get back to normal. Well, the thing is, resets are not really about going back and restoring things um, the way they used to be. No, a, a real reset is about restoring things the way they're supposed to be. And God specializes in uh, resetting, especially resetting people. Um, and in fact, he'll step in sometimes to help us reboot. And you can see this in the Bible over and over again. So many different people in the Bible experienced a time when God was trying to reset, to, to restore to recalibrate their life. For example, uh, you know, uh, the world at one time in the book of Genesis talks about how man was, was doing everything that their heart was inclined, whatever their heart inclined to do. And so the world was getting more and more corrupt. There was, no, there was a less sense of what was right and what was wrong. And so God steps in and he just resets the whole planet by using Noah and his family and a flood. Uh, Israel, when they were, uh, later on, Israel is in Egypt. And when they're in Egypt, uh, they live in Egypt for, for generations in, in really good shape. And all of a sudden, things begin to uh, fall apart. They become slaves in this country. And we hear about Moses, a little Jewish boy. Remember, he's in a basket. His mother puts him in a basket because Pharaoh was going to kill all the newborns, all the children. Um, and so Moses' mother puts the baby in a basket. And of course, the princess, you know, uh, royalty, the Pharaoh's um, royalty, the, the, the wife finds the, the baby and raises this baby in the palace. And so Moses grows up not only as a, as a Hebrew, but as an Egyptian and we find out that what happens is they, you know, he kills an Egyptian, runs for his life. And for 40 years, he's kind of in this holding pattern out there taking care of sheep. And after 40 years, God gets Moses' attention with a burning bush. And um, he tells Moses, he reminds Moses, he kind of resets. I mean, I think Moses may be thinking, well, I'm out here taking care of sheep. That's my job now. And God said, no, I've got something I want to use you for. And so he sends him back to Egypt, and we find out that he leads uh, the Hebrews, God's people, out of Egypt. King David, we learn about King David. He gets a reset. Remember what happens to him? He's walking under the stars. He's walking under the stars at late at night. And uh, little does he know it's going to lead to adultery and murder. And it's through a prophet's rebuke named Nathan that God resets David's life. In fact, he would say these words. Shortly after that rebuke, he would write a song. And in Psalms 51, he'd say these words, God, make a fresh start in me. He said, God, I need to, I need reset. I, I need to get my priorities back where they need to be. I've gotten off track. You know, Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth and he died on the cross and resurrected from the tomb, basically resets mankind, gives mankind a chance to changes eternal destiny 
and change their life here on earth. The Apostle Paul, who was familiar with being reset himself, remember what happened to him in Acts 9, he's on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians, is struck blind by God, led by the hand to someone's house, and for three days he's praying. And, and what, is he, what is going through his mind? He finds out, what's he finding out? Is he finding out that he was wrong all this time? Is he finding out that his priorities are off? Yeah. And so a fellow by the name of Ananias comes along and says to him, you know, what are you, what are you waiting for? Get up and get baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. God's going to use you, Paul, for a different purpose than you, that you think you have. And sure enough, the Bible says immediately he went out and started preaching the good news. We'll talk about a hard reset. There was one. And look what Paul says. He understands how Christ does this. He says here in 1 Corinthians 5, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He's not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And so as followers of Jesus, as we, we endeavor to be disciples of Jesus Christ, you know, he's calling us. He's calling us into a direction that God leads us to, and he's not really interested in moving us back the way it used to be. He's wanting to restore us the way we're supposed to be. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm just hoping in 2021, as we start this new year, because resets are on everybody's mind. Change is on everybody's mind. I want to start new habits. I want to start a new direction. That I'm praying that Greater Alton, that God will bless Greater Alton, and I'm praying that God will bless you with a, a great opportunity to reset things, to reboot. Now, what I want to do now is, is we're, because we're going to talk several weeks about some things that I believe God wants us to reset. Uh, but what's, what's the purpose of a reset? I mean, what, what's its, what, what does it really do? Well, let me give you four purposes of a reset. The first is a reset is to refresh. You know, occasionally my computer needs refreshed. It's acting funny. It's not quite right. And sometimes you, I guess it's at the F5 button you press. Sometimes you press that. Or sometimes it'll do it all by itself. And what is it doing when it refreshes my computer? Well, it's basically cleaning it up and reducing the load on the CPU. You know, sometimes our life gets cluttered, right? It gets loaded. Sometimes it gets loaded with a lot of things. And we need something, some, we need some help cleaning it up. A time to refresh. I've noticed something about Christians, especially the ones that stick around, about leaders that stick around. They're constantly giving themselves to regular opportunities to be refreshed. Now, now I'm not talking about, listen, when I'm talking about being refreshed, I'm not talking about, oh, I need some me time. I'm not a not denying me time can be very helpful. It can, sometimes, you know, uh, you, you got to just do something else to kind of kind of break things up so you can refocus. And I'm not denying that it can be somewhat refreshing. What I'm talking about, though, is not me time, but some we time, some we time with God, because there's nothing that refreshes the soul like time with God. Look what David says here in Psalm 72. It was, but I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. And it is. Whenever I, I can tell when I've not been in God's presence. I've, gotten, I've, I've let the cares of this world, I've let other things, urgent things, urgent things crowd out important things. And I'll tell you, you know, there's nothing more important 
than your walk with God. Because it kind of sets everything else and, and, and puts everything else in place. Um, I heard somebody say to me one time, Tim, if you'll just spend time with God and spend time with people, that will make a big difference in your life. And I've been trying to do that now for, goodness, 30 years, 40 years. Just the idea of, can I spend time with God and spend time with people? And I notice something. Whenever I'm not spending time with God or I'm not spending time with people, that's when I'm, I feel loaded. I feel like something's not working quite as smoothly as it should. And so whenever I get back into my Bible, I get back in the presence of God, I find my soul refreshed. Jesus said these words. He promises this to you and I. He says, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. He goes, I will refresh your life. And then he says, I'm your oasis. Oh, man. You know, that just tells me, you know, God wants to refresh your life. He wants to refresh my life, too. And when those times happen, when we're just we're bogged down and we've got a lot on our mind, instead of running to the TV or running to the video game or running to the Facebook page, sometimes maybe I just need to run to my Bible and run to the presence of God because there's nothing that refreshes me more, that refreshes the soul. And th- the thing is, see, this, this kind of uh, reset doesn't happen automatically. I don't automatically just open up my Bible. Uh, no, it's a series of choices I have to make. I have to do it on purpose. That could, I, I wonder how come, why they have to, you have to hit Control, Alt, Delete to reboot things on your computer. They make it like you really got to do it on purpose. You can't do it accidentally. Hit some key by mistake. And you, you're not going to have a refreshing, um, spirit-filled life uh, naturally. It's, it's something you have to do on purpose. And what I notice here again is, is that, that uh, when I do this, it, it, it's like a hard reset. I may lose some stuff. You know, you might lose an hour of sleep. You might lose uh, some time off your computer, off your cell phone, but it is worth it. It is so worth it. Look what the Bible says here in Isaiah 40. Those who wait upon God get fresh strength. You see, I experience, why, why is that? When I wait on God, when I'm in the presence of God, I experience His goodness. I experience His love. I experience His faithfulness. And I experience His power too. It just gives me a second wind. Another thing a reset does is it recalibrates. So I, sometimes the purpose of reset is to recalibrate. Now what I've got here, I want to show you today. This is a lane departure camera that goes on a Mercedes Benz. This is a $2,000 camera. And what's the purpose of a lane departure? Well, it fits, it fits on your, up above your windshield, uh, behind the, the mirror. And these two little cameras, what they do is they keep track of the road. They make sure if you run, if you begin to run off the road, the steering wheel will kind of start to shake or it'll kind of encourage you to steer back on the road. And these, these are becoming more and more popular on vehicles. Well, being in the auto glass business, when you put a windshield in, uh, a car and you put this camera back in place, it has to be recalibrated. Somehow, sometimes, the windshield may not be setting at the proper angle, and so the, so the camera's not quite right. So it has to go through this recalibration. And the way it goes, they, they set these, these targets up, and they hook it up to a computer, and they aim these cameras at these targets to set it right. And by doing that, by recalibrating, it keeps, it keeps you on the road, so to speak. It alarms you and lets you know 
when you're off the road. Sometimes, sometimes God steps in to recalibrate your life. He wants you to recalibrate. He wants you, he, he, he will do something to where you have to stop and you've just got to think. You've got to assess and make adjustments. And uh, look at this passage here. And again, Psalms 119, David, who is familiar with God resetting him constantly, says these words. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. I think one of the examples of, uh, of, uh, of a person being reset, uh, recalibrated, uh, is uh, Joshua, or uh, not Joshua, but Josiah in uh, 2 Kings 22. And if you read 2 Kings 22 and 23, you find out Israel is completely way off. They're worshiping idols. It's the, 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 the temple is in a mess. And as, so they begin to, they're beginning to work on the temple. Josiah wants the temple restored. So as they're working on the temple, they find this dusty, dusty scroll or book, so to speak. And it's the word of God. And they bring it to Josiah. He's eight years old. And they begin to read this to him. And the Bible says he starts tearing his clothes. And when a, when a Hebrew would do that, when a Jew would do that, it means he's very upset and he is panicking. He's saying, oh my goodness, go inquire to the Lord, he asks the high priest. Go talk to God and find out what's, what we should do because if this is true, if this is God's word, we are in violation of what God's saying. He realizes they're way off the road, so to speak. And so what happens? Well, Josiah gets rid of all the idol worship. He gets rid of all the, the, the priests and, and corruption in, in Israel. And he restores worship. He restores the sacrificial system in the temple. He does some radically radical things. He cleans house. He gets rid of some things. I mean, you ever felt like you need to recalibrate it? I mean, what needs recalibrated? Have you ever felt like that, though? Think about it. Maybe your priorities get out of whack. Or maybe your values, you start looking at them, really looking at them. You realize, man, that's not a, that's not a good way to live. Or maybe you see a habit you have and go, how did that happen? It's time for recalibration, time for a reset. In Psalms 139, look what the psalmist says here. Make sure, he asks God this, make sure I'm not going the wrong way. Lead me on the path that has always been right. I know I can get off. And sometimes we just need to ask God, Lord, I know I can get off track. Things just don't seem quite right. Help me get back on track. Lead me, Father. Recalibrate me. Urge me. Influence me. Guide me to get on the right road, the road that's always been there. Isn't that interesting? He says here, that's always been right. He's talking about, he's not talking about the road I used to be on a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. He's talking about the road that's always been there. One translation calls it the ancient road, the eternal road. He's talking about the original direction that he wants you and I to take. And this year, I just want to ask you, I want to encourage you to really be sensitive to God's voice, to sensitive to God's guidance, and let Him recalibrate your direction in your life. I love this. I found this passage in Isaiah 30. What a promise God gives to the people of Israel. And I believe it's a promise He wants to make to you this year. If you wander from the right path, either to the right or the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, you should go this way. Here is the right way. 
I want to encourage you, let God guide you. Let, be sensitive to God guiding you. How will He speak through me, Tim? Oh, He could speak to you a host of ways, through Scripture, through a godly person, through godly counsel. He might speak to you in a dream. He might speak to you with a circumstance. You go, or a consequence, you go, oh boy, I need to change. But be sensitive to that this year. Here's another, another reason for a reset, and that's reconnection. I've got here a, a breaker, a breaker box. Don Yoder would, you know, knows all about these. I'm always having him working on the house or working at the shop, and, and some of you probably had him there as well. And and uh, he knows all about these breakers. And what happens is these are sent sent down in a little control panel in the basement, usually somewhere. And whenever the circuit gets overloaded, what's it do? It trips the the breaker. Lights go out. Clients don't work. What's going on? And you go down, open up the door, and you look down these rows, and you see this one here, and you go, oh, what's going on here? And then you go, and it resets, and the lights come back on. Yeah, that's what this is. That's what it's for. You know, sometimes uh, we get overloaded. Our relationships get overloaded. Sometimes our relationships, the, somehow the connection gets lost. Something happens. Maybe a rela- our relationships get overloaded by apathy. We have to, we have to deal with that. Or if somebody hurts us. It happens all the time. Or maybe there's resentment or bitterness in this relationship. And, it, and, and because of that, we, we just tend to want to isolate ourselves. I don't want to get hurt. Sometimes it polarizes us. Even, even uh, the godly relationships we have in our life. Even in our marriage, in our family. If these, these, these things that happen that overload, overload us. They polarize us. They break. They strain and break our connections with others. Ecclesiastes 4 says these words. Solomon said, if you sleep together, they, if two sleep together, they keep each other warm. How can one be a, keep warm alone? Notice he says, how can one keep warm alone? Well, I guess, it, can a person keep warm alone? Well, yeah. It's not impossible, but it's more difficult. A lot of things are not impossible in life that you want to do alone. But sometimes they're more difficult because you're, you're isolated. You, the connection with others is just broken. I don't know. I'll, I'll also be honest with you this morning. No matter who you are, no matter how private you think you are and how much of a loner you think you can be, you weren't not created to be alone. God even said early on, it's not good for you to be alone. Not good for a man to be alone. No, you were made, you were created for connection. And as believers, especially, we know that we know this is true. We really need each other. And see, you and I determine how connected we're going to be with others, especially with other believers. In Proverbs 27, it says this, Sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. You know, a few weeks ago, I was reminded of how good and how sweet friendships are and how they are refreshing we, you know, during this COVID, uh, we've had church together, and then we've, uh, then we went online for a while, and then we were together for a short time, and now we're back online, and we've been doing the kids' ministry online, and Denise and I have told you before we've been going around visiting all the families, and kids are telling their memory verses. It's a, it's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Well, then one particular on the on the thirteenth of December, that particular Sunday, we asked if the families would come by our house, and they could. And their children could uh, 
quote the memory verse and we could visit a little bit and they could see Christmas lights. I had about uh, 6,000 Christmas lights up, but our neighborhood had more Christmas lights up as well. And so here come these families from five to seven for two hours. They kept coming one at a time. And we'd listen to them. They would visit for about five, fifteen, maybe to fifteen minutes the most, and they'd be gone. But one particular family got out of the van, out of their van. They walk up, and we're talking. And I haven't seen I haven't seen some of them in months. Some of these people. And we're talking, and they go in the house, and I'm like, whoa, they're going in the house. You know, everybody else was just dropping by. How you doing? Doing an elbow. See you later. Back in the van. Off you go. Not these, man, they're in the house. And so I go in the house, everybody's basically came and they're still in the house and they're playing and with the kid, the grandkids and, and we're sitting around talking and I'm, and I'm talking to one of them on the sofa. And can I tell you what I noticed? I noticed two people on this sofa, me and this person, were hungry for fellowship with each other, for connection. And we talked about all kinds of things. We talked about how this COVID has had a big impact on us, but I noticed the power of friendships, the power of connection, how we really needed it. They stayed a while. They stayed a good long time. And I drank in every moment. It was, it was I enjoyed it. Melissa last week covered in our uh, Facebook Live uh, kids ministry service about the power of friendships. And if you want to see something, go watch her. And she has a great presentation where she talks about how do we, and ask this question, do you have friends that encourage you when you're going through the fire. You know, we need that. I need that. Let me ask you, where are you connected? How's it going with your connection? During this, during this pandemic, has your connection, it's not just the big group. I'm talking about your, is your connection with other Christians in your small group somehow been weakened, somehow been broken, broken by, maybe you're just busy with other stuff, busy, maybe you're overloaded with worry, overloaded with fear. Isn't it time for a reset? Isn't it time to say, you know what? I need to start. I need to start connecting again. You know, we're looking at the numbers in Madison County, and they're dropping. And we're realizing we're probably going to be able to open up and start having face-to-face services pretty soon here. And we're hoping we're going to be able to do that in maybe a couple of weeks. And so, um, be thinking though. Maybe even think before COVID. Well, how connected was I before then? And what was I really doing with that connection? Two are better than one. And it's hard to keep your spiritual fervor and passion alone. We need, we need connected. How connected have you been, okay? Think about that. Maybe it's time for a reset. And the fourth purpose of a reset is to retool, to simply retool. Now, growing up on a farm, um, there were you know, different seasons meant different things. But one of the things I noticed uh, there are different jobs to do. But one of the things I noticed was is that we spent spring, summer, and fall focused on one big task, and that was, that was growing corn, beans. We, that was really what spring was about, summer was about, and fall was about, with that focus on growing. But winter was totally different. In the wintertime, we didn't, we didn't plow anything. We didn't cultivate anything. We didn't plant anything. No, instead, in the wintertime, we worked on tools. Because over time, we noticed during the year, we'd have damaged equipment, dull equipment, 
some of it had been sitting out, just sitting out in the rain and sitting out all, all summer or fall or whatever, and it was rusty. And we needed to bring it in and clean it all back up again. Um, the Bible compares you and I to tools. And sometimes God needs us to retool, needs churches to retool, Christians to retool. In Second uh, Timothy, here in chapter 2, verses 20 through 21, the Apostle Paul reminds Timothy, compares him to a tool, compares Christians to a tool. And he says, it, he illustrates it this way. He says, in a large house there are things, that, uh, things made of gold and silver, but there are also things made of wood and clay. Some of these are used for special purposes, others for ordinary jobs. The Lord wants to use you for special purposes. So make yourself clean from all evil. Then you'll be holy and the master can use you and you'll be ready for any good work. What's he saying here? He says, God's chosen you, Timothy. He's chosen you to be a tool for a special work, for a special purpose. Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's other purposes out there, but this one here, I want to use you for my purpose. And in order to do that, you're going to have to maintain yourself. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to prepare yourself, clean, be clean of some things. You have to have a, a spiritual edge, a sharp spiritual edge. And then in, in, your, in God's hands, you'll be useful, ready to do His work, His good work. And by the way, that's not just for Timothy, that's for you and I as well. There's a little book by Max Lucado called On the Anvil. And this is what the, in the introduction, this is how it begins. In the shop of a blacksmith, there are three types of tools. There are tools on the junk pile, outdated, broken, dull, rusty. They sit in the cobwebbed corner, useless to their master, oblivious to their calling. There are tools on the anvil, melted down, bolted hot, moldable, changeable. They lie on the anvil, being shaped by the master, accepting their calling. Then there are tools of usefulness, sharpened, primed, defined, mobile. They lie ready in the blacksmith's tool chest, available to their master, fulfilling their calling. Some people, some people are useless. Their lives are broken, talents are wasted, fires quenched, dreams are dashed. They're tossed in the scrap iron in desperate need of repair with no notion of purpose. Others lie on the anvil. Their hearts are open. Talents, uh, they're, they're, they're hungry for change. Wounds healing. Vision is clearing. They welcome the painful pounding of the blacksmith's hammer, longing to be rebuilt, begging to be called. And then there are others that are in the master's hands well-tuned, not non-compromising or polished and productive. They respond to their master's forearm, demanding nothing, surrendering all. Which tool are you? Can I tell you, if you're broken and, you, and your, your dreams have been dashed, your fires have been quenched, God wants to, wants to use you once again. But He's got to put you on the anvil. He may have, may have to heat things up. You know, you become dull over time. Not in the last eight months, last eight years. 
just not as sharp, spiritually sharp. You can quote political figures, but you don't quote God very much anymore. You just find your focus is more on making a living and not living to make a difference. You know, God wants to change that. And maybe you've been broken, but somebody's hurt you, something's happened to you, and you think, I'll never be useful in the Master's hands. Let me tell you, in the Master's hands, He can heal you, and He can use you, shape you, and use you. That's what He wants to do. And so sometimes He has to put us, He has to heat things up a little bit. Sometimes He has to put us on that anvil and pound on us some. But oh, He's trying to shape us into something that will last forever. I want you to know something this morning. Greater Alton still believes that you and I are saved to serve. That He wants to use you and I. Look at what it says here in 1 Peter. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. He's saying, I want to use you. I want to, I want to use you like a tool for a special purpose. I think it's time. It's time as a church and as, as a people, as, as uh, disciples here, that we get off the shelf, dust ourselves off, and get back into the game. That we start using our gifts once again, using our talents and our time and our service and, and, and where it's needed. And I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to press upon you. We're going to be looking this year at just what do we need to retool? What do we need to, to reshape? Not to bring things like they used to be, but really about how things are supposed to be. And maybe you're right now currently going through a reset yourself. You know, things seem shut down. I know I feel that way sometimes. I feel like it just things are shut down. I'm so anxious to get to work. I'm anxious to get some things done, some things accomplished. Well, let me tell you, what may seem like a season of loss could be a season of gain if you use it to reflect, to refresh, to renew, and to restore. Alan was mentioning it to me um, a week ago, and I'd heard it, I even heard it on uh, TV, same, thing, same idea. They said, you know, after the 1918 pandemic followed, was followed by the Roaring Twenties. Oh, man, I like that. I thought, wouldn't that be something? I mean, what do you think is going to follow this pandemic? I tell you, I don't want the same old, same old to take place after this pandemic. Man, I want to see, I want to see some awesome stuff happen, don't you? In God's kingdom, around here. Well, listen, it, it's going to happen. If you'll make, you and I will make that commitment to let God reset and redirect and recalibrate our lives. And so I pray, I'm praying for you this, this year, and I hope you'll j- join and pray for me as well, that with God's help, we'll make 2021 a year, that, that you get back to the things, I get back to the things, that we get back to, to the things, and get back to where we should be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And Father, thank you for a new year. I know many of us here are anxious to get 20, 2020 behind us. But Father, you know, that's like they say, 2020 hindsight. Father, as we look back on that year, 
I hope we uh, help us not see just a virus, but see where how we were living, what mattered to us, what we got caught up into, our focus, our priorities. Uh, Father, help us look at the values we have had during this year. And Lord, what do you need to adjust? What do you need to change in us? Would you begin doing that? Would you begin working on us right now? Because we want to be useful in your hands. Father, we find it quite refreshing. And Father, maybe we need to crack open our daily Bible again. We need to start walking with you every day. We've gotten away from that. Some of us have. Father, help us be that. Be that. Help us make that commitment. And Father, maybe it's simply uh, to uh, reconnect with some people, or re- uh, uh, that we've we've broken. We just don't have the connection we used to have. But whether we work on having the connection we need to have in our small group, in our home, Father, do we need to recalibrate something? You just want to calibrate and get it. We know we've been off track in some places. So Father, help us get back on you on track. And Father, put us on your anvil. Sharpen us. Shape us. And get us ready for the growth that's going to come. Get us ready to work. Get us ready to serve. Use us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.